Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. It's me, Anna Roisman. And guess what? Today, ooh, today I was unemployed. But it was beautiful outside, so I forgot how sad that is. Um, Yesterday I wasn't unemployed. Today I was unemployed. I am here with Ellen. Ellen, what's up? I'm also unemployed today. Today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it happens to you every few days or so. You find yourself without a job. And you know what? I did laundry. I made the most of it. I I walked outside a Dwayne Reed. Hey, anything's a job if you really want it to be. That's so true. You know, you might not even get paid for it, but it feels like work. Yeah. Um, so tell me, how's your week been, though? You told me you, you were doing some, some resume work, correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I decided to do some um, upkeep on my resume and my LinkedIn profile, my cover letter. So, um, I mean, I've been spending a lot of time on LinkedIn. I don't know if anyone else has who's been listening. No, hell no. That place is – that's a toxic environment for me to go on LinkedIn. (laughs) For some reason, I think it's important. Maybe it's not. You do. You told me you respond to people's anniversaries and congratulate them. If you did that to me, if you were like, congrats, Anna, on your HQ anniversary or something, I'd be like, are you trying to murder me? Like, (laughs) who writes I'm I'm typing this from the bushes outside your apartment. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, so LinkedIn is kind of creepy in a way. But like, maybe it's maybe it is helpful for a lot of people. I don't know. I this one this one I'm hearing from people. I've been joining some. I've been hearing some stories from people about how they network on LinkedIn, and I'm like, I just, I don't really get it. I'm, not, I don't think I can go that far as to like, you know, reach out to random people that I've never met before <laughs> and ask them questions. I, I know some people who get laid on LinkedIn. Whoa! They're straight up like, yo, let me find someone with a rich job and you know, put myself out there and you know, shoot that DM over because this isn't Tinder. This is you. You want to see how smart I am? Look at where I went to college. Look at my credentials. See where I interned. Okay, that's amazing. And then let's have sex. <laughs> Can we have one of those people on? I need to like ask them a few questions. I would love to. I'm going to crowdsource it. If you also, if you're listening to this and you have gotten laid through LinkedIn, oh, please hit me up. Yes. Yeah. If you your hooked guest. up on, on LinkedIn, I want to hear about it. I mean, they, the name suggests it, you know? Right. So anyway, LinkedIn kind of sends you these messages that are like, hey, like maybe you could hire a professional resume writer to write your resume for you. Correct. And after a while, after a while, when you're unemployed, you're like, well, I might as well try whatever to like. Right. Maybe it's the resume that's not getting me the interview. Exactly. Yeah. I've been applying to jobs for months. Maybe it's my resume. And it's really probably just the fucking saturation of people applying to jobs. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a financial collapse too. But <laughs> yeah, so I th- I thought like, what the heck? Like, I'll I'll try it out. So I hired a professional resume writer to revise my resume and then give me some pointers on like what I should do with my LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just chose somebody at random and I chose them because of the price point, honestly. Um, it was like on the cheaper end. And I guess I, you know, I, pay- I got what I paid for because what I got in response was just like if I was reviewing this resume, I would be like, a robot wrote this. And <laughs> And they and like they what they it, took out everything that was like no they like added a lot of shit. First of all, you should not have a resume that's two pages long. No, no, no. Unless you worked one. for like twenty years and you've had like 
you have like three PhDs and you're a doctor and you've worked in yeah all yeah, of, yeah so they took my one page resume and they made it two pages and they put it in this like really really awful looking template that I was like this is a template that like hundreds of people must use oh and no I would never send it like the the font did almost they add looked, any lies they added some shit that was like I this has nothing to do with my job like <clears throat> like my last title was production manager so I think one of the things that they added to like my duties underneath production manager was like making sure the machines are running and it's like, <laughs> like honestly though like it's not that kind of production <laughs> I've been told you know lie just lie on that resume they probably couldn't come up with a better like if someone just said Ellen lie you would come up with a better one but these people don't know what a production manager does because they're <laughs> resume writers so they were like production there's cameras there's computers hmm yeah make sure the machines are turned on <laughs> I don't know. It just it was terrible, and it I was, would look at your resume for you. Although I am queen of unemployed, but I would look at it. You could ask friends, you know. No, yeah, I. I this is the kind of what I got out of the entire thing was like I should have asked somebody that I admire and like somebody who works in my field to look at my resume and make <laughs> suggestions before like spending money on some random person. Yeah. I hope you didn't spend too much money on this. It wasn't a amount of money where I'm so pissed off, but it, at the okay. same time, I'm like, that was a waste of money. That was a waste. Yeah. But yeah. It, so what it really did for me, though, was it made me realize like that I by myself without paying anyone can write a better resume for myself there you go so I I actually spent like a few hours after they sent it to me revising my own resume by myself and like making it look interesting and well that's good it it forced you to like you know to figure out how you want to do it based on a robot who changed it (laughs) and it also got me thinking about my LinkedIn profile a little bit more too like I took some new headshots and put a new photo up there and added a few more things so and you wrote I'm not here to hook up (laughs) I'm here to make money I'm not here to fuck anyone (laughs) yeah that was the other thing about this woman she seemed like super uber professional and the thing about like I add a bit of humor to everything that I work on so like to Mm -hmm. be like super professional and like all of my resumes and like yeah. profiles is not me at all and that's not a good like representation of who I am so it's just no, yeah I hear you I once redid my resume after going in for a, a temp job and it was at a law firm and like I'm not trying to fucking be a lawyer I was just like and they were like wow this is such a creative resume we don't know how to handle this I have one thing on it that said that I wrote for something like I had a published essay and I was like that's probably good to do they know I can write and they were like, oh, my God, like, what do you what do you plan on doing? Are you going to be doing these a lot? Like, you know, this creative writing? And yeah. I was like, Ugh. it's true. You sh- you need to kind of, you know, judge your resume per the job that you're, the job. Approving, yeah. you're applying to. But I always <clears> say that lie and be the job, be that job for your resume, whatever you're applying to, just be that job. Yeah. Even if you want to show off your other shit. Let it come in after you get the job. Drop in that you, oh, yeah, I do stand-up comedy. Drop that in later on because they're going to be like, what the fuck? We don't, you yeah. know, d- depending on the job you're going but in But if I had, if I just took this resume that this woman wrote for me and, like, submitted it to the jobs that I applied to, people would think I'm <laughs> crazy. 
<laughs> and be like, this is, this is from 1908. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It, well, now I bet your resume is bomb now that it's, you know. It's really cute now. Yeah, I like gave cute. it a whole. <laughs> is it pink? Is it very legally blonde with like, you put like XOXO Ellen? No, but I did. I added like a little smiley face. To make it I don't stand know about that, out. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no, no, it's cute. It's cute. I, I cool made myself font. like a little logo that like involves a smiley face at the you top. You just know someone on the other end is gonna be like, "Who's this like emoji uh, resume person?" <laughs> no, it like it matches my website. If you go to my website, like there's a smiley face at the top, so it kind of like it all. So like, they know you're together. like a positive person. Yeah, this is me smiling and waving. Hello, <laughs> hire me. <laughs> I love it. I hope it helps you. I love it. I if it hey, if you, you gotta said it to stand me, out I'd be somehow. like I'd be like, this isn't a fuck this is twenty twenty. It's not a smiley time right now. Who's this person lying through? <laughs> All right, we gotta get into our episode. Our guest is here. He is waiting to be admitted into this Zoom conference. Um, I am so excited for my guest this week. He is an old friend of mine, and you may know him especially from the Jewish Community Center of Harrison. Uh, he's also, I'm going to say it, he's the original quiz daddy of HQ Trivia, and he is uh, a huge baseball fan. He was hosting on DAZN, and uh, you may know him from Quiz Daddy Closet. He's got a lot of vintage shirts. Give it up for Scott Rogowski. Hey! Hey! And now, I should have been like, and now he works in a Publix and now I'm in unemployed. Florida. <laughs> now I'm working deli counter at Publix. What do you want? The uh, spicy <gasps> chicken sub? The buffalo yeah. with a ranch? I'll Ooh. dip that a ranch for you. Yeah, extra extra hot sauce. Extra chipotle. Please. You mm-hmm. got it. You got thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, congrats on this gig. You know, thank the, you. Really, you look good there. You look you look alive. I, I, I that's all I can ask for these days, especially being in Florida, looking alive <laughs> and being alive. Uh, this is like a mini reunion for us, though. This is actually really fun. Me, Ellen, and Scott, we worked together before we were mm-hmm. unemployed and. <laughs> it's nice to bring us all back together. Good to see huh? you. I forget where that was, but yeah, we had some job. We worked together somewhere. It was yeah. an Hazy office in the now. middle of nowhere. I don't really know why we it were there or what we were doing. It was, like, was it a tech company or something? Or was it, it like was a, a tech probably. company. Yeah. Or was it like a sneaker design company? <laughs> anyway, Scott, how are you? How's life? How's your time in coronavirus times? <laughs> That's these, what Ellen called it earlier. These crazy Corona times. They're, <laughs> you know, uh, not good for anyone. I know. <laughs> I feel like we. I spoke to you at the beginning of it, and you were like still, you were doing stuff, you had a lot going on. And in, the, in the very beginning, it was like, oh, this could be fun for two weeks, you know, find myself, <laughs> get centered. Yeah. Uh, you know, take up maybe a healthy lifestyle for once in my GD life. You're healthy. Not with the amount of Trader Joe's pancake bread I've been eating lately. Really? Oh my god! But w- it's pancake I know bread, you to be- Anna. Okay, but you always eat like you know acai bowls and like your pitaya. It's bowls a loaf of bread like, you know- that tastes and smells like pancakes with maple syrup. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I do. I've pancake never had it. Bread. I love it. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, do you- well, I I sure have, and I've been uh, eating them out of. Out of home, house in. You don't in look home. it. You look thin. You look fit. Good as ever. I mean, yeah. That could also be because you just. You're only climbed. seeing me from the, 
from the very top of the shoulders. So the up top here. of your body is very skinny, and the yeah. bottom is just ballooned like out. Huge. Here up, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's probably you worked it all off when you climbed uh, the Grand Canyon. I saw on your Instagram. You climbed just the Grand the Canyon for Climb MS, the MS Climb, which unfortunately another victim of uh, this coronavirus. There have been so many, obviously the real life human victims, but then you know, like South by Southwest, R.I.P. Yeah. You know? And another R.I.P. was uh, MS Climb to the Top, which, uh, which, which is a very fun annual event that I've been doing for a long time. And usually we climb to the top of like 30 Rock in years past or uh-huh. Bryant Park Tower there. And uh, this year was like scheduled right March 13th, I think it was supposed to be. And it was like oh right God. when everything got canceled. So uh, they had a virtual climb. And I happened to be in Arizona climbing the Grand Canyon. So that was my substitute for climbing uh you know one park place or, or whatever that's huge to do. yeah had you been there before or first time it was my second time it was my first time with someone by my side oh wow did you get married in the grand canyon are you like do you have a covid wedding i fell in love and got married in corona summer <gasps> pandemic 2020 you're not married, are no, you I'm, really? No, I mean, you think I announced that on your show, Anna? That's going Honestly, straight to People Magazine, baby. No, I was like, I was like, did I miss something on Instagram? I'm like, going, <laughs> go look it up. Okay, real talk. I was looking at an Instagram person from years pa- uh, past in my past, but someone that I still follow inextricably on Instagram. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for reasons that my therapist and I are working out, and <laughs> I saw this woman who already had two kids now with a baby and i'm like wait a minute but i didn't see any you weren't pregnant i'm like scrolling through her back photos like she wasn't pregnant on her photos i love doing this kind of detective work on instagram yeah are you so but like there's no like hey my i'm so proud of my niece right nothing like that like the photos looked like she was showing off this baby as if it were her baby but it couldn't be her baby based on the pictures alone yeah physics biochemistry yeah, you're Physio- like, I know, physiomony. I know how this works. This, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm confused. But anyway, back to my life. Um, yeah, I, I was at the Grand Canyon and it was wonderful. Was this the woman with the baby? <laughs> no, no. See, this is this is someone from my past. This is someone. From years <gasps> I thought you ago. were gonna be like, and I DM'd her, and I was like, cute kid, and now we're in love, and it wasn't her kid, and <laughs> no, <laughs> literally, I, that was what I was wanting out of this. It's this ba- story. It's basically just. Um, it's just basically just my fascination with this and uh, curiosity, <laughs> but I haven't gotten to the bottom. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not really in touch with that person anymore. So, I, okay, call her. I should probably delete. Call her I should probably delete the whole. Why do you? Fo- Can we ask a question right off the bat? Why do we follow people that we used to date on social media? Um, a, you want to feel like you've moved on. You know, you like to see. It's hard though, because I want to say you want to see them fail, or you want to see them like you know. No, not me. <laughs> Everyone subconsciously doesn't want to see them like at their happiest. But then again, that's the only time we post on social media is when you're like happy, right? Or you're doing something you're proud of. I've seen one of my followers, followees grow from 20,000 followers to now close to 100,000 followers while, you know, we've been known each other. Really? Yeah. How? That's pretty cool. I show my ass and I'm still not even at 20. That's basically how she does it. 
Oh, man. I guess I got to show more. But yeah, you have to make that the first post. You're hiding you those ass pics. You got to show off the bod. That's what I drives tell the you internet. Though, wait, when I did get hired at HQ after being unemployed for a very long time, Nick did pull me aside and he was like, hey, like the butt photos, like, you know, in case people like follow you, are you going to? I was like, I might keep posting. I still kept posting them. Really? See, yeah. I thought there was another empl- former host of HQ whose photos... Uh, maybe raised a few eyebrows, but it wasn't you. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> All right. So anyway, you went to the Great Canyon. You look healthy. Things are good. Are you unemployed right now or are you I like freelance? Employed, baby. That's where we put Ellen. Put in the clap track. Put in a clapping We track. got an unemployable, baby. Come on down. Yeah. Um, it's well, fun. Uh, not... <laughs> I, I wish I were working. I was supposed to be working. My show, Change Up on the Zone, was canceled because of the pandemic and right. some legal matters that are happening between the company and MLB Network, mm. which are all very ridiculous. Ugh. But I'm sorry. It means, yeah, I lost, I lost my job, Anna. And well, I also was worried about you when I was like, wait, how will sports happen? You know, it's not right. We're not getting real sports seasons right now. Like, I feel like so many people in that world are in all of the jobs and, you know, in MLB or whatever, like are just yeah. struggling right no, now. It's, it's fucking awful. Think about the peanut vendors. Think <laughs> about the poor peanut vendors. I'm dead ass serious. I know. I, I am. Dead we ass. Had someone, I had someone on my podcast call in once and he was a, a mascot. For 40 years. Wow. Mr. Met is unemployed right now. Oh. You don't need Mr. Met when there's no one in this. When you got cardboard fans in the stands, what's that going to be? What's that going to do? Yeah, Wait, they, no. they seriously don't have mascots at these games? I mean, I don't know. Maybe for Maybe shots to camera. do like a, a tight five of I posing mean, or something. <laughs> people at home want to see the mascots. Ellen, the, you should write them and say write bring a back. very strongly word letter. How, how about bring a mascot? How about, how about we? I say... Let the mascots play. Yes. Let the mascots play. That's what I've always said. That's true. That's good. I feel like I would be a mascot nowadays. That would be a fun job right now. It it, it would be a fun job. Really? <laughs> Is that fun at in any time? Let alone, I mean, I'll tell you this. It's a safe job. You got a real nice mask on. Yeah, that's the best mask. N95, who needs that when you have a uh, bear's head? Full suit. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Or a giant oh baseball God. forehead. So I, I honestly think that the mascots, you know, should be given a chance. Yeah. To fill so what the have team. you what have you been doing right now to like, you know, stay sane, to fill your time? I mean, the obviously you're thing, in love. So. I'm in love and I'm spending all my time being in love. It's a full time job being a lover, Anna. <laughs> Especially when it's long you distance. Do. I've seen you fall in love. You fall hard. And I you know what? I, f- I commend you for it. Like Look, that's nice. You know what Peter Tosh says, the harder they come, the harder they fall. And that applies, <laughs> I think that's, I think that applies to my love life. Wait, it's long distance. Did you leave her in the Grand Canyon or? I left her at the bottom <laughs> in the Colorado River on a raft that was yeah, slowly Ellen, leaking. <laughs> You're like, did you leave her in she the Grand Canyon? She went around the bend and I lost sight of her. Uh, haven't seen her since. Been about and you were weeks. like, my shift at Publix is starting any minute. For those who can't see this. Got to get back background. to Sarasota, hon. <laughs> Is a Publix. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, that's fine. You can make it so, work. So no, it's you know honestly, um, I'm 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 really focusing a lot of my time on uh, my T-shirt obsession slash hoarding addiction. Yeah. That has uh, really consumed a lot of my you know mental real estate for t- close to twenty years. 
when I first started <laughs> and started collecting these shirts, my collection now numbers over 3,000 pieces. Actively. Where did you keep them all? They, did you they have, have a storage kept, and They are now kept. I have some on my bed. I literally have a whole stack of clothes on my bed, which I alternate in the mornings between on my bed and on the floor when uh, <laughs> when I have but to like, go to sleep. But like you've had these for, in all of your apartments that you've like lived in in New York and stuff. Like no, where they did, mostly, did you keep them at your parents? Been in my or? storage unit, right. My storage unit in Westchester, AKA, my, AKA also known as my parents. Right. <laughs> my storage unit. I could do something like that. My parents sold our house. Oh, uh, they're off the anything. main line? Oh, yeah, for like 12, 13 years now. Are they, are they down in Florida? No, they live in Center City, Philadelphia. They live in Old City. Oh, really? They they're like a hip, trendy parents. Oh, they're, they have they like got a, a loft. Oh, that's cool. You know, they ride their motorcycles. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah. You got hippie parents? I do, but they were like, if I wanted to keep anything there, they'd be like, yeah, right. We didn't even get you a bedroom here. Like, do not leave a t-shirt here, you uh, know? If this condo is knocking, don't come or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. when like COVID happened, I was like, a lot of people are going to their parents. My parents were like, "Do not show up here. You are not welcome." <laughs> so I didn't. Well, my parents certainly don't want me coming home either. But I have been sneaking <laughs> into the garage and moving boxes of t-shirts in the night. <laughs> They're like, "What's that sound?" Oh, it's Scott with his boxes of shirts again. <laughs> yeah, or raccoons. Wait, what sparked the like? when you wanted to start collecting shirts you know i 20 was years i was a boy of 16 and my interests somehow developed in in such a way that i pined for the past i was a very nostalgic kid if that's really can you i don't know if that's believable or if that's a yeah sure little oxymoronic i understand but i was wistful for the past, when I was like 14, 15, I was like, I want it. I love antiques. I love old magazines. <laughs> what decade old are we talking? Playboy like magazines 70s or? from the 80s. <laughs> no, I, we're talking like early, early. I mean, honestly, my taste range and all sorts of things. I love 1930s, 40s, 50s baseball. Like I love yeah, golden age of baseball. Yeah, vintage. More so than like 80s baseball. Okay. okay. But like t-shirts, it's 80s t-shirts. 90s now are really hot. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, there's, I mean, like, so now I got back into the market, so to speak, because for so many years I was pretty much just collecting and sitting on them and sitting in my parents' basement, you know, wearing a bunch of them, obviously. But yeah, I, what happened, the reason the collection got started was I, I was buying for myself at first, which was innocent enough. You know, I go down to the Salvation Army with my buddy Dave during high school, like period breaks mm -hmm. and do a little shopping, you know, we'd find some really cool stuff back then because this is 2000, 2003. So, you know, you're finding stuff like it's the equivalent of today finding things from like 2005 2005 yeah. doesn't seem old at all right right but in 2000 if, if that was 1987 for me in yeah. 2003 2000, and like that style was just yeah. kind of plentiful because people didn't think it was cool i was gonna say you probably got great stuff because right. nowadays vintage like you can't get you can't find the best vintage unless you like leave oh, yeah. new york city or something like and the everyone wants it, it the shame of it is i can't imagine during that time of my thrifting career, like 03, 04, 05, how many 90s rap tees I came across, how many 90s shirts that I probably instantly dismissed because like, oh, they're starchy. Right. I didn't like the 100% cotton. I wanted like the 50-50 cotton poly blend, which is was found in those 80s, 70s t-shirts. Yeah. That's kind of what drove it, the texture, the feel. I mean, I just love that style. And uh, these 90s shirts in 2003 were like, come on, that's so lame. That was like, they're too new to be vintage, but mm -hmm. they're just out of date enough to be like, oh, you still wear that, you loser, you know? 
Like that's how you'd you be had judged. a vision though. You were yeah. like, I know what's so, going to look but good. I, look, I should have I should have been like investing for the future. Like if I found a uh, you know a Selena shirt or like a Fifty Cent shirt, you know the game even like rap like DMX, uh, you know Wu Tang Clan. Like if you have these shirts now, Tupac, Biggie, mm-hmm. they're like worth four or five hundred dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, it's. I nutty. bought a fake Selena. Well, I bought a Selena shirt at Urban Outfitters because I love Selena. If I could find the real deal, that would, I'd lose my mind. Meanwhile, it's harder to sell like you know a 1980 Who T-shirt or like uh, the band Yes or something because these people like you know what's cool today is not liking those bands. It's obviously liking hip hop, and yeah. uh, that's what people want to wear. They want to wear what they like and you know show off you know, socially signal right. That's the whole point of fashion yes yes queen you are yes. a queen of fashion <laughs> i feel like a lot of people don't know that like because you just started doing it on instagram i feel like you went you know you really started promoting it and like raising money yeah. for charity and stuff Donating during money charity right during so. covid and people didn't know that you've had this collection and this hobby you know and this like side hustle i feel like for many years yes and my point. biggest gosh darn regret um from my hq days is not doing this earlier and plugging this on HQ. Can you imagine? The if quiz I, daddy. At the high, if I had closet. quiz daddy closet going concurrently while I was on HQ, I could have been getting oh tens God. of thousands of followers, so much yeah. business. And again, yeah. the money does go to charity. So it's like, I've raised over $25,000 so far. That's so nice. That's great. It's crazy. Uh, and it's a win-win because I get to get rid of this stuff, which is number one on my priority list right now. Um, like my parents are happy it's getting out of their basement. <laughs> And people get to find a great new shirt that they love. Yeah. And, and the charity honestly, gets money. everyone, everyone, it's a win for everyone. Everyone win, wants. Win, win, win. A cool vintage shirt. I've seen some that I like DM you and be like, I want that one, but. I've been I looking for share tees for you. Oh my God. I would love nice. a share t-shirt. Yeah. I, know, I got one from her concert. It was the last concert I went to before coronavirus. Those are at, hot. Those are hot MSG. right now. I just sold a Sarah McLachlan 97 tour <laughs> shirt today for $40. That's you fun. did? It's, I in, love it's that. in this bag right here. It's going out tomorrow. Oh my God, I love it. So do you ship all oh, over ship. the place? Yeah. I ship internationally. Of course, you have to pay to, you know, more to ship internationally. But What are you using, yeah. like stamps.com? or uh, One of those competing services. That should not be named. <laughs> no, no free, uh, yeah, no, no free no ads here. Mar- no paid marketing. Do here. you remember um, back in the day when I did a web series and we we styled Scott for a date, and yes. I, that was when I learned about your T-shirt collection. Because even then, you were living in Brooklyn, and you, I remember you were like, yeah, look in my drawers and pick out an outfit, and like you had so many T-shirts, and I was like, whoa, like. I don't know that I, I mean, I knew I had seen you at UCB. I knew you wore them, but like, I didn't know you also like had a huge collection. You knew me as that dork wearing vintage t-shirts. Vintage t-shirts, but then like, but then he's going to put on that blazer and he's going to host the shit out of a show. You know, like I, what were your impressions? Honestly, what were your impressions of me when you first heard about me, saw me, met me? Because I don't remember when that might've been for you. My first impression of you. Well, I I knew your show running late with Scott Gowski and I, I thought you were like a guy (laughs) I was like, oh, he's like a Jewish guy I like grew up with or like right. knew from socials at camp. Like, oh, another <laughs> camp Jew. A camp Jew got a talk show. Another Jew is succeeding in show business. How nice. How great. No. No, you were always, we were always nice. You always, can I say something though? Say I always something. say this. Say you were, you always like, like thought of me for like projects and stuff and you were very good to me in terms of employment and I am forever grateful for it's you. It's true. It's true. And you know why? Why? Because I'm Jewish. Jew watches Jew. <laughs> Jew watches Jew. Jew watching me? Jew watching you. Jew watching to me? Yeah. 
But no, because you're talented. Thank and you. And you're funny and smart and you get it. Oh, thank you. I do get it. And you have a Ellen, great, Ellen you have a great Sarah Silverman impression. Mm-hmm. Oh, one, of the, one of the best ever. One of the best ever. I'm Episcopalian, but I get it. Pisco. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second, Alan Burke, who, yes, was a former coworker of mine back on that trivia show a few years ago. <laughs> Ellen, I've known you for many years now. I never knew you were Episcopalian. You mean to tell me all this time I could what have been calling you? All this time I could have been calling you the Pisco Kid? <laughs> yes. No. Oh, that makes me feel so sad. And yeah. then offering her Pisco Sours. And offering Pisco Sours. <laughs> yeah, well. Ellen, we could have had a Pisco party. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Pisco stew. Pisco stew uh, likes Pisco music. Yeah, we all I eat stew. Called you Pisco music. I could have called you Pisco stew this whole time, too. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, we well, so we, many... there's no, we can start now, you know? You can We're start being a Pisco, Pisco, girl on in, Pisco girl on Instagram. It's going to Visco girl, <laughs> you know, you really that's start a revolution. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Pisco girl. <laughs> I like it. Many I applications, it. many appellations. Um, all right. I got to stick to the job stuff. So I want to know when you were younger, did you always want to be in entertainment? Like what was your, you know, did you have the bug from the start or did this develop over time? Were you like, cause your parents don't work in entertainment, right? That is correct. Anna Royceman. I was infected <laughs> by the bug. <laughs> This comedy bug that they speak of that seems so innocuous. Oh, he caught the bug. Like, oh, he caught the I bug. Know. He found his calling. I was in the hospital for three weeks. <laughs> they were like, help. He won't stop saying on, Saturday Night Live lines. <laughs> on a ventilator. Stop. I caught the comedy bug and it nearly took my life. But I recovered. Uh, Thankfully, I recovered uh, and uh, lived to tell about it. And uh, yes, I... Started doing stand-up in college, mm-hmm. which was sort of my awakening to okay. who I really was. You know, I had to come out now as this new identity, a comedian. I, I, I now found, I, was, I realized my whole life I had been a comedian. I just never, I guess, right. admitted it to myself. The truth hadn't come out there. I wasn't ready to share it with the world. You were like the funny guy of your friends and stuff and always yeah, coming up with and bits. Just, yeah, doing like making videos and writing comics and writing you know funny stories and writing porn parodies in sixth grade mm. in the library getting caught by the teacher uh, sent to the principal's office but instead i escaped and ran to the stalls and locked myself in the bathroom for four hours until mr coston got me out upon Whoa. which i cried all the way home <laughs> this is a journey i wrote a porn when i was young too I was going to say, you guys have that in common. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, we were both probably sex obsessed. Yeah. Jewish people. Were you allowed to watch anything on TV growing up? Like, was, or I, you're... was I allowed to? Yeah, I didn't have. I mean, look, you know, we had, you know, we, we didn't have like big like real TV like the big boys in the neighborhood. We had just three channels back in my day, Anna. It was ABC. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, Skinamax. <laughs> yeah, and the Spice Channel. <laughs> okay, Skinamax, all that stuff, the scrambled porn. I was, I would always stay up and watch that stuff and try to see that stuff. I was a sex obsessed freak as an wow. eight year old. Wow, eight year old. Is that normal? Um, yeah, for me it was. I, I drew a lot of dicks as an eight year old, and I 
I'll share my porno with you sometime that Seriously. I wrote when I was eight. Yeah. Well, it's I, really. And, and, and I was begging my dad to give me a Playboy magazine. <laughs> and he caved. He gave me a Playboy at nine years old. <laughs> Is this legal? Am I going to get my dad arrested right now? No, definitely not. No, I was going to save this He's for the too memoir. Funny. He's too nice. I yeah. was going to save this for the memoir, but you're getting an exclusive here, Anna. I um, love it. All right, so you're in college. You realized, oh my God, I am a stand-up comedian. Right. Everybody come see my shows. Um, but you didn't major in like theater or anything, right? Political science. There you go. That was just sounds having, like comedy. <laughs> I was just having a conversation with my Trader Joe cashier before I started this podcast with you about our degrees. She's studying uh, City College, to uh, biochemistry, philosophy. And I said, how's political science? She's like, oh, so you're a lawyer, you're urban planner. I'm like, no. No, nope, not doing any of that. But yeah. as long as long as you make back the money you spent on your degree, it's worth it, right? And I guess so. God bless I've been able to do that. Fourteen years later, mm. I'm not yet, so I'll let you know. You in still, you still, twenty-five uh, yeah. more years. Oh my <laughs> Once gosh. BU is paid off, I'll let you know if it was worth it. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. Anyway, but, I mean, look, it's uh. What are we talking about? Unemployment? What's the point of this thing? Unemployment. No, I'm talking to you about your jobs. I want to know what jobs you had. Like when you graduated with this degree in poly, poli sci and this, you know, burning desire to be the next Larry David. I don't know. Who was your idol? I, 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 you know, Larry was still a bit of an unknown back then. I mean, the first episode of Curb did premiere in 2000 and I did watch it and I very much enjoyed it at the time. Me too. I remember watching it but, with my uh, family. Yes. But no, you know, I was a huge Seinfeld fan, Simpsons, um, and, you know, uh, Mitch Hedberg okay. and Dimitri Martin, I loved, and Dave Attell. And I still love these guys. I mean, I, there's so many funny people, guys and girls, love Sarah Silverman, love Joan Rivers. I love the old stuff. Yeah. Like, so, I, you know, Ronnie Dangerfield, like, that's some of the funniest stuff ever. These are the people we also, like, grew up like seeing on TV and like right. specials and which, stuff. Yeah. Which th this generation has lost to get on my old man high horse. Oh no. They're just not going to see, they're not going to see commercials for the Dean Martin's roasts. <laughs> no, they're not. The celebrity roast. And they're not going to see, you know, old Ed Sullivan tapes being sold on PBS. Well, mm -hmm. they will if they hit the right like YouTube algorithm. They'll get oh, there. there you go. <laughs> yeah. It'll recommend, you know. Oh, you like this old stuff? Here's more old stuff. It's important that 14-year-olds today know who Topo Gigio is. That's all I'll say. I don't know who Topo Gigio is. The little, the little, he <laughs> was on the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> it was like a puppets, puppets on the Ed Sullivan show. Okay. Uh, all these DVDs my parents have around the house because they kept buying them off PBS for some goddamn reason. <laughs> all right. So you graduate college and did you move home or did you come to new york city right away what was the what was the scott rogowski move? home for scott rogowski is about 42 minutes away from new york city via the okay. north train so i grew up in a city privileged position whereby you know first of all i was born in new york city so i am a new yorker true and true it's in my bones okay mm -hmm. can't take that away from me new yorker till i die all right he said but from screw a the blasio yeah no i'm not <laughs> Not you really, really, you really <laughs> are a New Yorker. You've already moved to Florida in your old age. <laughs> yeah, we can. I guess we can keep going with a Florida joke. But for those who don't know, this is an audio-only podcast. Oh no, that we are recording this for your Patreon. Yeah, right? that's why I'm yeah. trying to get your your face. You know, you you got a beautiful oh, face. Oh my gosh! So, so some uh, people Anna, will I'm see so the video. I'm so sorry. I forgot I was on camera as well. 
It's okay. I thought this is being recorded. Oh, boy. That's all right. You're a professional. Most you people know? will just no. listen, you know? Oh, Most no, people no. will listen. I hope Everyone no one's watching. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're looking at you, so. Yeah, I was we're picking watching. my nose the whole time. That's going to be a bonus <laughs> feature. I'll, how about this, Anna? I will record a special section where I'm picking my nose while on the thing, and we can release it like a, fi- like a fake I would love that. viral video. Like, Scott Rogowski picking nose while yeah, he's on, like, didn't oh. know he's on camera during podcast recording. Yeah, that's good. We yeah. should do that. We should be like uncovered footage of Scott. He doesn't even know this is going to be released. I'll do that right. for your exclusive Patreon at the highest. We'll make it like a five hundred dollars, and it's like <laughs> you get access to that, and we donate donate the money. What do you say? I would love to do that. Yeah, I would okay. do that. I'm All into right. it. All right, so that's I'm gonna, hilarious. I'm gonna, so I'm going to yeah. pick my nose now. Oh no, we're doing this right now. We got to watch this. No, I'm kidding. Okay, we'll go do ahead. it at the end. We'll do it at the end. Okay, we'll do it at the end. Wait, so I want to go back to, I want to hear about your jobs. So you graduate. I you graduate. Move back to New York. Move back to New York, which is close to New York City. So I'm living at home and commuting to the city, doing stand up, you know, that whole rigmarole, open mics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, also working for my cousin who owned a, a what was it, a title company? I don't know what you call it, a temp company, temp agency, essentially. Okay. You know, executive searching, looking for executives and employees. And I was doing copywriting. So I was writing like the, writing up the job for the people who were potentially going to get the job. So oh. I still had the shitty job of writing the copy, the copywriting. <laughs> I was writing up the other job opportunities. Did you look at resumes at all while you were there? No, like, did you have, no, no, I wasn't oh. that high up. I was, this was an entry level, literally taking the job that is sent <laughs> over by this thing. Like some hospitals, like we need 300 nurses or whatever. Then I write up hospital looking for nurses <laughs> i hit in, enter in, in a nice way That's in a it. nice way and the reason i got fired spoiler alert is because i was writing them in a nice way but also a funny way and they became oh, no. too funny like how I like got what fired would for you put being too funny and did you, you put it? puns in this you're like like no, we need I, a doctor but we need dr dre hey <laughs> like what I mean, would you I, I, yeah, it would be like there was. I remember one from Ellen didn't uh, like that one. I saw that reaction. She's like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you saying?" Doctor Dre loves that one though when he hears it. <laughs> and Dre, hit us up after you listen to this and let us know what you thought. But and I was writing about a VIP. It was, it was literally something called like a VIP wing, a VIP unit of a hospital, like VIP nurses for this VIP wing. So okay. I didn't really, know, I didn't realize that they had special VIP wings for, I don't know, I guess. Right. If like, you know, I don't know, the the Joe Biden got sick or something. Well, he's a, right. He's probably up there. Maybe Cher. What if Cher gets sick? What happens yeah. to her? She goes to the VIP. She way. goes to the VIP. Mm-hmm. So I assume it, it treats Cher and her ilk. And I wrote up this thing like, hey, you tired of sponging up regular old fogies? No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Not going to find them here in the VIP wing where the thread count is 1,000 Egyptian cotton threads. Oh, no. <laughs> like a thread you count of 1,000. Like a, a hotel. I made, it, I made it sound like some kind of, yeah, I didn't know what it was. I mean, yeah, I made it sound like this incredible place, which I only imagined it would be. And that was one of the instances in which I got called into the office of my own cousin, mind you. <laughs> Who That's really hard. didn't really want to fire his own cousin. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't even hold the nepotism job. <laughs> Did they tell Folks. you? Were, were they like, you should really pursue this comedy thing. These are way too funny for what we need. They're like, Or was it like, get out of here? It was good luck with your little comedy career. Let's hope it plays out better on stage than it does on the page of my <laughs> website. 
<gasps> oh no! And then he cocked the shotgun because I was. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Thanks, thanks, cousin Eddie. Shout out, cousin Eddie. I think he's shout out Eddie. Now. He's a he's a huge fan of the podcast. Actually, he has a lot of questions for you that I mm-hmm. I have you know uh, stored away. Okay, so you get fired from this job of copywriting, but that's a good resume thing to put on your resume, right? I'm a copywriter. Sure. Right. Maybe maybe it helped me get my onion internship, was which, which was my next career move. Actually, I was doing those two, those two things concurrently. I, I was, was going to say that's a pretty dope move. You were writing funny and writing serious, and it just it, it meshed. It bled into the yeah one <laughs> yeah. bled into the other. But uh, I was also writing really serious, terrible onion headlines, and those weren't getting picked either. So yeah, maybe something got screwed up in my brain. Were you but, writing from New York? Or were you? Because the Onion's in York. Chicago, right? We, at the time, in 2008, The Onion was based in New York. It was oh. actually right up the street from the old HQ office on, on Broadway in Soho. And uh, boy, I mean, those were, when I look back at my life, 2008, despite the recession and mm-hmm. the you know horrible market. Because again, for me, it was like, I ain't trying to get no job, <laughs> no real job, you know? Like this yeah. financial market didn't affect me one iota. I didn't have any money in the stock markets. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I wasn't trying to enter the real world anyway. <laughs> so that was kind of like, oh, I'm going to be interning at The Onion and uh, trying to make some money to pay my rent. And like, that's kind of all I really cared about. My mm-hmm. next goal, frankly, was to become like the editorial assistant at The Onion. That was what I was really going to, I stayed, I stayed there for a year. Oh, wow. And, um, what, to, wait, they were paying you or they weren't? They were not. No, it was unpaid, totally unpaid. Uh, but What were you doing was, to make money while you were doing well, the Well, that's onion. the thing. I was working at the, I was working at my cousin's company, got fired from that. And I started working, geez, I, I, I was working at um, like various websites doing just various, you know, freelance, you know, freelance copyright stuff. I got hooked up, I uh, met a guy at uh, ESPN, the magazine. Someone connected me to an editor there. I got a few freelance gigs with ESPN, the magazine, which paid like you know, $100. You know, it, everything was so piecemeal and so fragmented that I made so little money. But yeah. it was the best time of my life. Like, And that's, of course, what everyone says. Not everyone that, yeah. who I interview, though, on this podcast, like I, or even on my show when we used to do it, like a lot of people say, like, when I was at my most poor, when I was doing shit I loved, but I wasn't bringing, I wasn't focusing on like, you know, the money and the insurance and the benefit and everything. They're like, I was my mentally at my happiest. Of and course, because you don't care. You just, you're like, you're just trying to survive. And there's something so um, like, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're not, you're not lingering and thinking about so much the future. Cause yeah. it's just like it's so much in the moment. Like, what do I need to get by week to week or month to month? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that, that that's a reality for so many people, frankly, you know? And, yeah. And why? You know, even like recording a podcast is like a privilege. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> fact that we have time to sit around and do this and just talk about nonsense for an hour. Yeah. No, um, it's so true. So, yeah, we are hashtag blessed. But um, uh, I got through all that early year stuff. I started working at Jocular, which was a website owned by the Some E-Cards people. You remember oh, Some cool. E-Cards? Yeah. So, Very yeah, funny some, stuff. Yeah, I was doing like video for them and, and, and writing their sports blog. And then like I started getting these freelance video gigs because, uh, you know, an ESPN video series led to Comedy Central thing, led to, you know, uh, Playboy.com sent me uh, some some assignments. Finally. Finally, I yeah. got to Playboy. I was obsessed <laughs> with Playboy my whole life. And wouldn't you know, I ended up working for them. That's so great. One of the craziest things, right? Did you get nude? I Did went you take full a- nude. Wow. 
<laughs> By the way, another sidebar, because I just watched mm-hmm. Defending Your Life last night, Albert Brooks, such a great movie, highly recommend it on the Criterion channel. And and there's a great line, he's talking to some guy in heaven and he's like, what'd you do? He's like, I, I worked, I ran some strip clubs. You know the phrase, totally all nude? That was me. <laughs> you know, nice. everyone was doing nude. I came in with totally all nude. All nude. <laughs> I love that. That's <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, no, I was uh, I was just uh, doing videos for Playboy. And in fact, my famous viral subway reading books on the subway video mm, was made those were for so Playboy. Funny. The first one was made for Playboy. A little more really? fact. Yes, the Playboy logos at the end of the video. If you watch it to the end. Oh my God, I remember like it was like inappropriate title, right? Like sexy right. titles, right. and right. then and everyone on the subway's reactions to this, Ooh, you know, sexy nice Jewish book. boy. Nice Jewish boy looking at boobs on the subway what's or whatever. This, what's this nice Jewish boy doing reading this sexy book? Um, no, the, the book covers, they're political. They're all sorts of funny things. Um, yeah. But Playboy, that thing, got, that thing got millions, like 10, 15 million views. Went super, super viral. That was the first time I went viral. Back then, like going viral was, you know, it really meant something. Like nowadays, it's like everything is viral. What is viral anymore? Especially with like TikTok and, you know, apps and everything. It's like... But when you're like, I got millions of views like on YouTube, that was like how you know you're viral. Absolutely. Now everyone's going viral because of Corona. <laughs> oh. but, but that's still, hot that's, take. That is my hot take. That And I actually invented that phrase. I, I invented the joke and said, hey, guys, guess what? You guess who's viral now? All of us. <laughs> Do to Corona. Oh my that was God. my joke. I, I invented that joke. I take credit for that. So, wow. uh you're absolutely right. Things have changed. And it was definitely not only cool to go viral, but it was very good for my career. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to have viral video in your pocket. It's like there weren't that many people getting yeah. massively viral. And that was yeah. a signal that you are capable. You're good at your job. I mean, there's really no other way. It's like a meritocracy in a sense. Yeah. The views rise to the top. And it's it wasn't about like followers then no, or anything. It, it was like, can you do the work and show for it? And like, that was what got right. you something else. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because obviously there are so many talented people out there. There's so many funny videos with very few views. And it's almost like an indie band or something. Right. But like mm-hmm. not, of course, and of course, not everything that goes viral is actually funny. There's a lot of crap, which yeah. is a crap. It's garbage and crap oh. together. Garap. Uh, Garap, yeah. And uh, it's it's a shame because... Things that know, go viral now are not things people make. They're just things right. people ads catch or, or on or like the street. You know, they're just like true. real moments. Real that, moments. People getting shot in the back. That's what's going on. Oh my viral. God. Yeah, unfortunately. But, but unfortunately, but you know, good thing too, because these, these images need to be seen. It's crazy what's going on. Rock Chester. Yeah. Every time they're releasing footage now. But... Um, yeah, no, the, the world has changed, clearly. The concept of viral has changed. And uh, I don't know, I, I think everything, I always thought maybe my timing was off in this career. I always thought if I just graduated one year earlier, if my parents hadn't held me back in preschool. Did you really think that? Because 2006, if I had graduated in 06, I was like, well, that's when the Onion started their, like, they had their uh, fellowship, the college fellowship. I could have applied, like, Megan Gans got that. And Megan Gans today is, like, a big TV writer. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, even then, I knew, like, Megan Gans was high up at the Onion at that point. I was like, well, if you get that, then you're in the track. Not realizing that, no, 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 it's about talent, Scott, and Megan Gans <laughs> is infinitely funnier than you are. No. And <gasps> you can't write an Onion joke for your GD life. <laughs> um 
Well, obviously you could if you got the internship. I that mean, was, that's hard. I was my my hit rate, like my batting average for Onion headlines getting sold, versus the ones I submitted, probably batted like, oh, fifty eight. Really? Yeah. I hear like I hear that from everyone though. Even in people who work in late night shows. They're like you or SNL, like they're like you don't know how many. I know. It's crazy. Right. Hundreds like, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of headlines. Hundreds and hundreds thousands. Tons. And yeah. uh every week it's just getting punished just nothing. You, yeah. They'd send out a list of approved headlines and if you're and they put the bracket your initials in brackets at the end of it. And that was such a big moment. Every time the email would come you'd scan for SR, 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 SR. Nothing. <laughs> It's like looking Nothing. at your name on the like high school yes. like playlist. You're every, like, who I get? <laughs> every week. But the flip side of that feeling, Anna, is when you walk into the room where all the writers gather and write on the whiteboard which headlines. They write the headlines on the order of the mag of the paper each week. Okay. Walk into that room to see my headline in A1 position, front page, top of the fold, the main headline worth $150. Holy shit. August, That's amazing. August thirty first, two thousand eight. You you walk in the room and that that all those rejections, they're erased for that one big hit, and you just yeah. lose your mind. It's like holy crap. And then you're walking around the city that week, and you're seeing people reading the Onion, and you're like, yeah, that's my headline. Like I wrote. I wrote, by the way, it's just my headline. The body copy written by Joe Garden, one of the staff writers. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it's literally my headline, but that's all it is. I have it framed on my wall right now. I'm looking at it. That's so cool. And you appreciated it more. You needed to get those rejections to like have that moment, you know? Right. If, if you were getting them every week, you'd be like, ah, oh, another one, another one for free. And then it would get to you and you'd be like, I'm giving them a lot of stuff and they're not paying me. And I believe earlier you asked me what I jerk off to. Um, <laughs> that, what that, we did? That would be it. That, that would article? be it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Can you, I want to, can I, can I ask what the headline is? You want to read it out? The oh, headline yeah. is... Obama's hillbilly half-brother threatening to derail the campaign. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Not so funny as a headline, but it le lends itself to a very funny visual and yeah. story. Actually, Nick Gallo, you want to have your mind blown? Yeah. Nick Gallo photoshopped the photo that is in that headline on that front page of The Onion. Weird. What a small world. Well, it's it's kind of how I know Nick and the reason why he thought of me for HQ. And that's yeah. kind of what I, I owe him, you know, HQ, which goes to show you networking is networking important. Networking is huge. Be nice yeah. to people. Be nice to people. Make friends where you work. I knew Nick at The Onion in 2008. In 2017, he calls me up and says, hey, you want to audition for this uh, game show thing? Yeah. Did you keep in touch over the years? Yes. Like you were yes. like Yes, oh, of course. Friendly? I mean, yeah, yeah, we were friendly, yeah. yeah many parties together and, and I actually yeah. got I got Rusty hired at HQ because Nick put out on Facebook once looking for animators. I was like, I was oh living my with, God. I was living with Rusty. It's like, hey man, you want to apply for this job? I sent him, got him in touch, and that's how Rusty got involved. There's a and whole And you got web. me involved. And I got you involved. It's a web. I'm a web. You're a web. You're also you're Jewish, you know, and and we are men, we're matchmakers, and it's we're true. able to connect a lot of people, and you know, you know people, and it's Besheret. It's Besheret, Anna. Yeah. We're making shidduchs over here. <laughs> so after this headline comes out, and you're walking around town like the fucking god of New York City, you know, writer, Onion headline writer. Uh, you were only there a year. What what was the next move after that? I want to get to Two, the HQ. Two thousand nine. I mean, geez, we're going deep. So two thousand nine. That was that was really where I spent a lot of time freelance editing. Uh, you know, doing those video series. Mm -hmm. uh, also, it's very impressive though. You did the freelance video thing for so long, and you just like made it work. And like the more work you put out, the more you were getting, right? 
Yeah, you know, it definitely builds on itself when you, uh, you, you need to be showing off your worth, so to speak. You need to be showing off what you can. If you're going to call yourself a video producer or a comedy mm-hmm. writer or a content creator, blah, mm. uh, <laughs> you know, you just got to, you know, people say, oh, I have an idea for a podcast. I have an idea for a show. I, okay, really? Well, how yeah. about you do it? Yeah. Idea ain't nothing if you don't do it. That's Just so true. do it, like Nike says. So uh, that is the advice I have to people, and that's what I was doing. I was just doing it, making stuff, not really, you know, not even, not even knowing how to grow an audience, not even really caring how to grow an audience or about the audience specifically. Yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna throw this up. I mean, my very first YouTube video got 200,000 views. That went viral on the front page when YouTube used to curate the homepage of oh, YouTube.com, yeah. and that got 200,000 views overnight. And that was my very first video I ever put on YouTube. It was January 2009. It was for the Super Bowl. And can you imagine that feeling like, oh, it's that easy, huh? Right. You just, yeah. you just you go viral. Great. Mm-hmm. So the next video came out like 200 views, total flop. But whatever. Like I I just, we just started putting out videos. Yeah. The 12 Angry Mascots thing. We had our live shows for 12 Angry Mascots. That was the year I got on TV for the first time. Showtime Inside the NFL did a segment cool. on, on my show at Comics Comedy Club. So 2009 was like very much like, Okay, I'm going to just do my thing. I, I said to myself, I need to commit to comedy. Mm-hmm. Because another funny story, which is not very funny in hindsight for me. So at the end of 2008, I really wanted to be this editorial assistant at The Onion. So I applied for that really low-level job. Okay. And at the same time, I found an ad on Craigslist uh, for a company that was selling pants on the internet called Bonobos. And they were looking for <laughs> customer service employees, people to come to their, you know, come yep. to their office and, and, and basically man the phones, man the emails. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, we'll pay you $500 for the week and give you two pairs of pants. I'm like, I'm in. Applied <laughs> for that. So I go, so I'm working for Bonobos, all right? In, in like the, the first month of 2009. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically there with the founders, the co-founders. And I mean, I remember these guys, right? Wow. And, and the, you know, there's like eight employees there. It's basically like working at HQ when I, when I started. Yeah. And it was like me and a couple of people that were kind of, you know, testing out for these, these positions. And I did my thing for the week and I gave him some ideas, you know, I'm like, this is pretty easy. I can, you know, they call us customer service ninjas. And I'm like, oh, you want to be our ninja? I know. I have to tell you, I went in for six interviews and did oh, not get hired. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. I have a, I have a bone to pick with Bonobos. <laughs> well, <laughs> Bonobos. So Bonobos, I could basically, the long story is I could have been Bonobos' 12th employee ever. All right. Mm-hmm. And they sold for how many hundreds of millions? Don't remind me. Walmart. Yeah. But uh, I took, I turned down that job at the end of the week. They said, do you want it? You know, it's yours if you want it. And I was like, still waiting to hear back from the onion. And I said to myself, if I take this job, I'm going to be selling pants the rest of my life. I'm like giving up on comedy. No. I, if I, you know, but if I, if I get the onion job, like that could put me on the, on the track to success with the comedy writing. So I took the risk of not even knowing about the onion. I took that over having the sure thing with Bonobos. Let Bonobos go, and five days later, found I didn't get the onion job. No. And I was left with nothing, except my two pairs of free pants, which I wore religiously, (laughs) despite them being horrifically ugly. You didn't call them, and you were like, hey, actually, you you had already made that decision. You were like, I'm done. I'm not going to work. It was like, yeah, I I basically made the decision, like, I just can't, you know, I I, I don't want to be selling pants. I gotcha. Um, that's what my great grandfather would have been doing in Lower East Side. Like I'm supposed to be moving on from that, you know. <laughs> I tried selling pants. I tried working at Bonobos literally like two, like a year before the year of eight that I worked for HQ. I was like, oh, a lot of comedians work at Bonobos. They seem to get good benefits and they like it, and you know they can do shows at night. And uh, I literally went in six times, and they were like, you love fashion. Like I had all the credentials. I even did the the ninja test 
where like they called me and they were like, hey, it's me, Scott, and I have a wedding this weekend and you sent me the wrong size of pants and I need new pants tomorrow. And I had to like, you know, find a solution. You had to ninja it. And then they didn't hire me. Wow. You I was like, have... what did I do? I spent See, half a day in your office working. I didn't have to go through those those ninja tra- uh, 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 loopholes, those ninja was... hurdles. They threw a lot of ninja hurdles at you that I didn't right. have to deal with. Yeah, no. They were like, can she? The ninja, the, the bar has been set high, I guess. I don't know. I didn't fucking meet it, but... Very sorry. I hope you get over that one day. Um, I one day, you know, we'll see. Who knows? <sighs> Who knows? It was clearly but... a trigger when you brought it up. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, like, a, it's oh. a trigger for me because again, how many hundreds of millions? Yeah, um, a lot. I could have been a chameleonaire. <laughs> I could have afforded tickets to see chameleonaire. <gasps> oh my god! All right, so I want to get to HQ. So you were freelancing. You're doing comedy. You're doing videos, and yeah. then and you were hosting your your show. Correct. You had kind of become, I would say, like a host in the comedy scene. Uh, a host with the most, uh, but you know, the most Jewish <laughs> camp vibes, as you <laughs> yeah. alluded earlier. I don't know if I was, I don't know if I was really making a mark in the New York comedy scene so much as I was um, slithering around the edges of it. That's how I always feel. Always, I I slithered. Yeah. I still slither. I don't know. I'm a slitherer. So. Uh, you know, the show did get some nice acclaim, got some nice write-up, and mm-hmm. I was ready to move to L.A. in 2017 because after a series of, you know, I worked for Topps Baseball Cards, I worked for, uh, I worked for ABC. I was on, I was on an ABC show in 2013. That was mm-hmm. my first big TV show. Then I started producing. I got producing jobs. So I've had all sorts of production jobs. You know, the jobs basically went from, um. I want to try to get work within my industry, but I'll take other stuff, right? Yeah, uh, but you really stayed to, within the industry. Stick, like, right, well, then I, then I started, when, when I turned down the Bonobos, that was a turning point because it was like, I'm yeah. going to focus on comedy. And that's the year, 2009, where I just went all in on comedy and that just kept leading to the end. Another, another opportunity with Tops and Tops baseball cards. I love baseball cards and I worked there and I they, I quit. They didn't fire mm-hmm. me. Like that's one of the few jobs where I actually quit on my own. I said, I can't do this. Like I'm I, that was a full-time job. I'm there at the yeah. office and I'm like, it's too full time for me. I need to be doing comedy again. So like several times throughout my career, I, I I went, I sort of took the pivot, but always went back to comedy. Yeah. And um and twenty, you know. So you're the, moving to L.A. Twenty seventeen, I was like, going to move done. to L.A. Yeah, I was like, I'm done. I I've done shows in L.A. Those they went really well. I think mm-hmm. I can have a career there, and I'll just try it. I try, you know, try New York. Did that for ten years. Let's try L.A. But um, lo and behold, HQ came calling, and Latida. I know. And you didn't even know how big it would be because you called me. You were doing it every day and night for like months. Months. And then you called me and you were like, hey, I'm I'm working. I'm freelancing for this. I don't know, this app, this like thing. And you were like, I'm I'm working a lot. And like if I get sick or if I have something, I can't do it one day. They're going to they're going to need someone to like step in and do it. Do you want to audition? And I remember that was the first time I auditioned for HQ. Mm. Right, because that was early on, and then early. Right, but that was like right before like Thanksgiving, and I remember Thanksgiving. I was pl- I had the app, obviously. I was playing it, and I like, and over Thanksgiving, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, there's a lot of people yeah. tuning into this thing because you were like, at first when we talked, you were like, "It's small." I ran into you in Soho. You're like, "I don't know. It's you know, it's it's cool. It's like a, it's like Jeopardy. It's a trivia game. You know, blah blah blah." But you didn't know what it was gonna be. No clue. No. And, and yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know why you got passed up early on. I don't think Nick was 
I don't think he was convinced. He wasn't feeling you. He wasn't feeling you. I really you. was like, I kill. Yeah, but you know, what? I went in in like a button-down shirt and like my glasses. I looked too nerdy. You know, I had to look yeah. a little cooler. It's all about uh, the look. It's all about the it, look. It was about my look. I think. I I like to think. I don't know, but. You got no, that then, word nerd look going now. A year later, yeah, he, he like emailed and was like, "Hey, we got this new game." I was like, "You remembered me? Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come in." And I think when you care less, I went in and I was like, you know, who knows? They didn't call me last time. They might not call me this time. And exactly. I was like, I'll just do it and see how it goes. That's but, it. That's the attitude. I didn't care when I walked into my audition. I was like, mm-hmm. "What is this? I'm going to L.A. I don't need this. Right? I don't need you." I needed it so bad. <laughs> it changed your life, though. Yes. Like, I literally overnight. I remember oh, playing with right. my parents over the holidays, and I was like, oh my God, Scott has millions of people watching him. Changed my life. And right? then I changed it right back. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm back to where I was, and it's great. <gasps> no, you're still, your life is still changed. It really is. You know, changes come, changes go. <laughs> it's nice not to be recognized anymore. And. Are you not can, recognized? Can, well, can, now we have a mask. Right, so no right. I was going to say, I can blame it on the mask now. So <laughs> never going to hurt my feelings. Never going to make me feel sad. Never going to turn around and hurt you. You asked me like two weeks after words started. You're like, is everyone recognizing you? I was like, no, Scott. I, no one knows what this is. Uh, one day I got a tweet from someone who was like, I think I saw you in Union Square, but you were shorter than I thought. <laughs> and I was like, is this a compliment? <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. That got a little weird, though. I remember one time after a show, we left the office and there was someone like waiting outside like they had followed you there. Uh-huh. That was super, waiting all night. Oh, no. Like, kind of scary. Yeah. Waiting all night. Yep. That I was, don't like that. That was definitely a scary moment. I was glad to be around others during that time. <laughs> Did um, your social media, was it like crazy to have it like blow up? Like all of a sudden every night people are following, hundreds of people are following Hundreds you. a day. It was crazy. Thousands. I mean, I was gaining, I went from like 3,000 followers to 160,000 followers, you know? In like and, days. Uh, and, yeah. Well, you know, months. That's but cool. It's still, it, it, it's, it's crazy. And it, I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. The viral, like, surprise doesn't happen to everyone. It's very cool. Well, you honestly laid, you, you set the bar very high in the HQ universe, I should say. And I just remember, like, the first day even you weren't hosting, people were like, where's Scott? Where's the whole Scott's in jail thing? I mean, like, all these things about you not being there were, like, memes now on the internet. It was crazy. crazy. It was. It, it was, was cool. It was very cool. It was very Were your parents cool. like freaking out? Were they like, oh, you're Scott Rogowski's parents? Like, I'm sure they, they got, you know, in their own community. My parents were cavelling. Yeah. They went from kvetching to cavelling. <laughs> and that's the name of my bi- biography one day. <laughs> I like it. From kvetching to cavelling, the Scott Rogowski story. <laughs> um, can I ask you a couple questions from the HQD fans who miss you and love you? Certainly, Babushka. Okay. All right. First up, this is funny. I'm going to show this to you. Uh, Eugene, do you remember Eugene? Eugene Bayon. Yeah. Eugene said, can he solve this word puzzle? He made you a word puzzle on the Wheel of Fortune. I saw it. I love it. I've seen it. Yes, Eugene. I saw this uh, either on Instagram or you tagged me in something. I saw this, Eugene. I love this, Eugene. He wants to know, how did you come up with the idea? Tell them the name, like what it is. Quiz Khalifa. Yes. You have to solve the puzzle, quiz Khalifa. Eugene, you're my guy. This is my guy. 
Eugene is OG Eugene HQ. Yeah, he okay. really is. He really there is. There are He's few the people who match the excitement and enthusiasm that this young man has. I say young man, he may be 45 years old. I have yeah, no I idea. He <laughs> He's a dad. I have no He's idea. He's got two kids, yeah. <laughs> Eugene could be like 45, 58. 73. The, I have no idea how old he is. He's also like, you know, a 10 year old but with so much excitement. That's right. He's young at heart. Yeah. He's young at spirit. <laughs> and he has so much spirit for, uh, I, th- I guess, trivia games in general, game shows in general. Yeah. And, and Eugene has gone to the lengths of creating his very own Wheel of Fortune puzzle to solve for a, <laughs> what is it? A, a, a what's, what's the category? Like uh, proper noun or? Proper names. Proper and names. And he wants to know how you came up with the name. Yeah. Proper names, Quiz Khalifa. That's just a, a very wily pun on Wiz Khalifa, mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh-based hip-hop artist. Black and yellow, sh- black and did yellow. Did you have a shirt? <laughs> Do you have a Wiz Khalifa shirt? I don't have any Wiz Khalifa shirts. I have a Quiz Daddy shirt. Yeah. I have a couple of Quiz Daddy shirts for sale at scottrogowski.com. Check Hello. it out. Hello. Yeah. Shop the shop. All right. Here's the next question. Are you ready for this? Ready oh, for we it. kind Thank of already you, covered this. We actually already covered this question. I was they wanted to know how the idea to sell your vintage shirts came about. Yeah, check. They said, me. "Aren't they your prized possessions?" Right, but-, but most of them don't even fit me. They don't. They're not even made for me. They're <laughs> extra smalls. I have like children's toddler shirts. I have crazy stuff. Double. XLs. I was going to say you're going to keep. You still have ones that I you s- love and wear. Right. I have mine. I'm actually not even wearing one of them right now. Oddly enough, now that I'm being being recorded for a visual <laughs> audience. Uh, this is a Camp Baco, my my camp, which I haven't, worn this sh- I haven't worn this shirt in since 1996. I just you found wore that it. for me. I just found it cleaning up. Yeah. Wait, are you Shinawa? No, you know I love camp. Though. Oh, camp like, stuff. I, yeah. Yeah, I love anything camp. Um, By the way, that's not some kind of slur. That's that was the name of the girls' camp, Shinawa. <laughs> are you Shinawa? Uh, like, can you can you ask? A me Vega, about this Camp Vega. Camp Vega, right? Yeah, you said it. Like I was like, am I? I <laughs> maybe. I'm one sixteenth Shinawa. Yeah, my my great grandmother went there. Okay, this one comes from Amy Chapman. She said, all of, all of his jobs so far have seemed like dream jobs. Which one has been, if any, and what did he learn from it? We that's, need the log line version. That's the thing. What's her name, eugenics? <laughs> Amy. Oh. <laughs> I misheard, I misheard. Um, Amy, to answer your question, Amy, I've had so many dreams in my life and I, therefore I've had, I've been fortunate that dream jobs, like The Onion was a dream job because I was such a voracious reader of The Onion in middle school, high school, had all the books. Like Onion was to me the mecca of comedy writing, you know, modern day, uh, early National Lampoon, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, original SNL writing cast, like really iconic comedy, right? And it, 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 it to me, it was like, okay, I get to do this. And now you see how it's made. And of course, it loses a little bit of appeal, especially when you, when you get rejected by them so often. Um, yeah, I'm You still twerk. revere. I still love and revere it. But now it's like, you know, it's, I have a whole different perspective on The Onion now when I read it because I'm just thinking of it as an Onion writer versus Onion reader. And it's kind of, you know, ruined it for me a little bit. I'm like, oh, that could be a little stronger. I mean, you know, not that I'm any great editor, but, um, but uh, so that was a dream job. Tops, baseball cards. Collected baseball cards my whole life. Huge dream card. Are you kidding me? Dream job to be at Tops Cards? And then once again, you get the dream job and it's like, yeah, well, this is just a job in an office mm-hmm. on Wall Street. And, you know, I have to like do the things and follow up with the boss, blah, blah, and there's corporate structure and none of it makes sense to you. And <laughs> you are just stultified by the fluorescent lights that are melting your skin. And, 
you want to jump out the window. But, you know, so like ultimately it was like, okay, now I'm making the baseball cards. This is surreal. Now I'm seeing how it's done. It kind of loses all the magic there. Yeah. <laughs> like I just thought that would magically appear in packs. Like, no, there's teams of people, hundreds of people putting these things together and they get printed. and blah. So, um, so then I had a, you know, being, being on TV has always been sort of the dream job. Right. And like, I got that in 2013 with this uh, show called, would you fall for that? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, of course, like nothing's perfect. Nothing's ever great when you get in there. And then it's like, again, you, you realize you, you're like, I have to do this. this. Isn't very funny. I have to say this line. Really? Do we have to do it this way? You know, I'm mm-hmm. always kind of rebelling against any kind of structure, especially if when it comes to creative stuff. And, um, you so know. you would say, don't put it all, don't put so much pressure on yourself for the dream job. Exactly. Because it it's becomes not, work. Exactly. Don't exactly. Like it's, it's, and I'm not gonna say don't pursue your dream jobs because, like I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, um, you they're fulfilling in so many more ways. And, and hopefully for some people, you know, uh, like if Eugene got a job at Wheel of Fortune writing the puzzles, <laughs> it's like even if it was grueling, backbreaking labor, he'd still be doing it because he just loves it that much. Maybe. That's yeah. true. That's good. All right, here's this next question. This is a short one. Are you ready for it? Ready. What's your favorite soup? Balagatani. Oh, wow. I've never made it. And I make a lot of soups. Never made that one. Mulligatoni. <laughs> I only like it so much because of the Seinfeld episode, the which name. features the mulligatoni. <laughs> oh, yeah. The soup Nazi. <laughs> the, yeah, the soup, the, the soup recipes. And the recipes. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say that was from Jake. Jake asked your favorite soup. Um, okay, here's the next one. Philip Louie wants to know, what is your favorite TV game show and why? Philip Louie, another OGH cutie, verified yeah. on Twitter. He got the check mark. Don't he got know that how, check mark, yeah. Don't know how or why, not going to investigate, but Philip Louie, fellow verified Twitter member, welcome to the club. Or I should say, <laughs> we're all now you, you're also verified, Anna, correct? I am, yeah. Ellen? Ellen or, Ellen's not yet. Ellen doesn't even, I think your tweets are locked too. Ellen doesn't, Ellen doesn't even like me to say her Twitter handle on this podcast. It's Ellen B um, Tweets, okay? Maybe I do want some more followers. Unlock that ish. I remember we were still working together though. Ellen changed, you changed your Twitter handle and like Rob and Gab and I were all like, Ellen, is Ellen on Twitter anymore? And you like all of a sudden changed your handle on Yeah, I wish I could just have my name, but I couldn't. And I used like my whole name and it was too long. So I just like shortened it. Yeah. (laughs) Ellen B. Tweeting. Exactly. (laughs) Ellen B. Shopping. (laughs) Yeah. My last name starts with a B, so. Do you get it? Ellen B. Drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Ellen, I got to say, this is now a verified conversation, so why don't you see your way out of it? Oh, shit. Oh, no. No, no, no. Okay. We need you. We need you here. We need her here. We're honorarily verifying you. Okay. I'm imagining... This question, as I a- answer this question from Philip Lewis, now we're all verified. Okay, what is it again? Favorite TV game show and why? Favorite TV game show and why? I mean, of all time, not a phone, not a phone game show, a TV game show. Look, I'm I'm an un, I'm a Jeopardy fan. Are you kidding me? Like Jeopardy I- is the god daddy, the grandfather, the 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 OG. I mean, it's it was the original incarnation, Art Fleming, and of course Alex Trebek. It's just legend. So mm-hmm. glad he's feeling well enough to continue to tape the shows. Can we I just know. recognize, look, we recognize what Chadwick Boseman was doing with cancer, incredible. Right. And now we're seeing what Alex Trebek is doing with yeah. cancer right now. He had, you know, he's still with us, so let's appreciate him now and praise that now. Yeah. I mean, we would have with Chadwick, he kept chose to keep it to himself, which is 
you know, such an incredible it's, thing to do. I know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I also love Alex Trebek. Did you see that video of him calling the contestant a loser? Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he's it's the best no video fi- I've seen lately. No filter, no filter. Trebek. <laughs> oh, it was so uh, good. But he, you know, so that show's phenomenal. And, uh, I also loved, I, I did like win Ben Stein's money back in the day. Oh, I was a big okay. fan of that show. You know, Jimmy Kimmel getting his, his, uh, one of his starts there. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I, I, I'd love, um, any, I mean, trivia shows to me are, are, are like more fun, you know, Price is Right. Of course I've watched Price is Right. Of course you sit there and watch it, but it's just so, that is so non-stimulating, you know, as a viewer, right? Like you're just <laughs> literally just going like. I hope they get the money. <laughs> I hope these people get the money. Like that's all your. It's like they got the money. I want them to get the money. Like that's not helping you. But um, but Jeopardy. I'm terrible at trivia. No, yeah, Jeopardy. You're actually learning stuff. You're like, oh, I did not know that about the Moors. Right. You know. So um, I, I really enjoy those types of shows. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Another all timer. Mm. Let's let's count that as a game show. Very educational. Did you watch Millionaire? Who wants to be? A millionaire. Oh, R.I.P. Reed. <laughs> I yeah. know Reed. Of course, I watch Millionaire. Yeah, it's great. I mean, look, they're all great. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and watch all reruns of any of these shows, but <laughs> it's not like I sit around and watch game shows all day. Okay, Phil. Okay. I'm still right. a Simpsons guy, and I'm still, you know, now I'm watching these. Oh, Netflix shows, HBO. Oh my God, I got. I'm stealing all the passwords from all my friends. I have, nice. I have, it's all hooked up. I hear you. I got to say, and I don't mean this just because I did words. I always liked Wheel of Fortune more than Jeopardy. And I think that's because my parents watched Jeopardy. So I was like, well, I'll watch Wheel of Fortune. I like Wheel too. Okay. It was a great back-to-back combo. Yeah. It was a good combo, right? It was like that 7, 7.30 spot. You know, you're eating dinner. You're watching these shows. Absolutely. They like keep you in. Absolutely yeah. the best. I miss those days of just sitting in front of the TV with my family, <laughs> all just watching TV, eating food silently, as we Americans should, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, this one comes from Gabe Bennett. This is a great one. I, this is the last one I picked. What gifts does Scott still have from his bar mitzvah? I still have <laughs> my PepsiCo stock, five shares of PepsiCo. Wow. My, my, my aunt uh, Jeanette and Uncle Sam gave me the PepsiCo. Five shares it was $37 a share at the time. Oh, my God. And now it's, it, was, it was over 100 I think, recently. So thank you. Their their wow. foresight. Twenty three years later, I've made thousand dollars. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. You don't yeah. keep any. You don't have anything else. Nothing else. Do you have your keypad? Do you have anything? No. No. Oh yeah, I've got keypods. If sure, I got a whole thing of. What was your theme? Did you have a theme? Saturday Night Live. Baby. Oh God, of course. Yes, it no. Was. No, I've got like so many trees in Israel. You have no idea. Oh, I've that's got, good. Uh, you know, the, the Israeli You have a forest in Israel. <laughs> I have a forest in Israel. I've got, I've got my box of invitations. Other, this is nothing to do with your question, but now I'm thinking about mitzvahs because I do, I did save this. I don't know if you did this too, but I have a box of every other invitation I got from people. Oh, is that Whoa. what I did? Is that what I did? Or is it the thank you card? Or maybe it was my, my bar mitzvah My cards. parents threw that out if I had it. I probably did have it, to be uh, honest. I, I either but... kept other people's invitations because they're also fancy. Like, they're really yeah. nice. When you got those invitations in the mail, it felt like you were getting it to college every time. I know. Yeah, they were cool. The big uh, ones, thick big ones. ones. The gold and the ribbon mm-hmm. and like some had sealed marks on them, like the oh, maker's mark. Oh, mine was like that. I wanted the fan. My parents were like, this yeah. isn't a wedding. And I was like, this it is. is. Yeah, this it is. is a wedding. Especially if you grew up where you did, you know, Long Island or all these people. It's, I wasn't it becomes, Long Island. I know you weren't. 
Oh, it's you're saying Orlo the main line. Long Island. Main line is Long Island of Pennsylvania. It okay. is, it is. All right, all right. I'll, okay. I do say that. <laughs> I get that. Westchester, Long Island, whatever. It's all the same. We're all the same. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I, I either kept that or or cards that people sent me. But I don't know if I would do that. Like, <laughs> like the cards that went with the gift. Why would I keep that? That's a, I, I don't know. Hey, Scott. Happy uh, birthday. 13th birthday. Those are all my HQD submitted questions. Um, Great questions. They were good. I thought they were fun. Yeah. Thanks for doing this today, by the way. Hey, I, you it's know. my pleasure. Um, I hope we, uh, I hope you get a lot of people doing the Patreon, frankly. I hope so too, especially because you're showing your nipples right now. It's really wild. You I'm, know, everyone's going to fucking there, lose their mind. There's some, if you're listening <laughs> to this right now and, and you're like, should I pay extra for the visual so I can see Scott? It's like, you have no, like the goriest, most inappropriate, <laughs> like most pornographic stuff is happening right now. You should, what Scott's doing right now should be banned on the internet. It's so crazy. He's talking about himself in the third person. It's, it's wild. It, that's how crazy it's getting over here. So join <laughs> us on Patreon right now and support the unemployed. Uh, what can people support for you right now? I know you're selling a lot of shirts. You're making a lot of money for charity, yeah, and that's so really, really nice. The charity is going to be the charity is soon switching to myself, the Scott Rogowski Fund <laughs> okay. for um, maintaining rent. Got um, it. But uh, no, uh, no, we're still raising money for charity, uh, legitimate ones with five hundred C three standing, and Hell yeah. high. I always check the charity navigator navigator before I give, which is a great website. It, it it rates, and this I suggest honestly, if anyone out there knows so many charity opportunities these days, mm-hmm. if you're ever thinking to give, you ever see something on Instagram, see something going viral, whatever, before you give your money, because you know you want your money to be used properly and yeah. get maximized, right? So go to Charity Navigator or some similar site like it where they rate charities and they go through them. They show you scores, accountability scores, transparency. Do they show the financials? How much of their money is going to administration costs versus being spent directly on their initiatives? I didn't know about this. This is good. And some places like, you know, only 70% of the money that's raised goes to actually helping out. Other places, it's more like 90%, you know, so you can, and they give you a score out of of four. So definitely do your due diligence before you uh, give money, I would say, because again, you want, it's very nice yeah. to give. If you can give, it's an amazing mitzvah and tzedakah. It's good to do, but you want to go to the best places. Um, so that's uh, that's where what can I've been they doing. find it, quiz it. Da- quiz daddy's closet on Instagram at quiz daddy's closet all in one word, and that would really help uh, me out getting rid of my stuff and help out the charities. That's awesome. Anything else you want to plug? Anything else? At Scott Rogowski, blue oh. check mark. You oh, know where absolutely. to find him. <laughs> Follow me so that you can watch my f- follower count continue to slide. <laughs> um, after hitting that peak, I've lost about 25,000 since then. So we're coming off. We're like, I'm like the stock market. I'm not going to go with the peak. It's because we're cooling off. Anytime we post anything political, you, you lose them. Uh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you that's know. all I'm doing these days pretty much because so, I'm actually really staying off Twitter. It's 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 good to, you know, when, when things are good, things that need to be seen are going viral, like, you know, important videos and police brutality incidences, but it's also terrible for pretty much everything else. Mm-hmm. So um, it is. I don't you don't feel it. good after going through that. You I don't, don't recommend it. You don't. Um, cool. Well, you can find us at Unemployed Podcast. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Again, this video will be on Patreon. Listen to the other episodes, and uh, you can find me at Anna Roispin at Ellen B Tweets. Oh, I'm saying it. I'm dropping it. Uh, and that's it. That's another episode in the can. Uh, can can you give us like a sign off? Can you give me like a good sign off or something? It all boils down to this. Oh, I love it. Bye. 
What's up, everyone? It's Anna, and I am here with a little post-game uh, episode. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here to tell you about our Patreon. We have an amazing Patreon. We're posting videos of all of our episodes every week, and everyone who donates to the Patreon is allowed to see those, and we would love for you to join in. But right now, I got to give a shout-out to our patrons who are donating money to us, who we appreciate and we love. Shout-out to Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, Chris Arneson, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, Vic Taylor, Harry and Jonathan Ediger. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and me and Ellen and everyone else who out there who's unemployed. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join, you can just go to patreon.com slash unemployed podcast. And like you can just donate $5 a month or something really small, you know, anything, anything helps. And we love it. And we are here for you. And we will keep putting these out until until we're all so successful that we have absolutely no time to make a podcast. Just kidding. But check out the Patreon. Thanks. Love you. Bye.